0: Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today. Here we are, New Hope Radio. And uh, hey, we're going to begin a brand new series. Short one, but something that's really effective. Um, if you're not a Christian, it's something that will really hopefully uh, open up your eyes to who God is in your life. If you are a Christian, it'll be a sense of encouragement, motivation, let you know that you got something working on your behalf that maybe you don't think about too much. And uh, we're going to talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. You now, I want you to think about how important this topic is. It's very important to understand because the Holy Spirit is a vital part of our Christian walk. Did you know that? I mean, it plays a very vital part. The Holy Spirit provides the power. To live the Christian life. The Christian life is not something we can do in the flesh. The Christian's life is something that requires supernatural power because it's a supernatural life. And that's why God has provided his precious Holy Spirit to enable us to do that. Okay. I call the Holy Spirit the quiet member of the Trinity for two reasons. Number one, he works in the heart and speaks with a still, gentle, voice. Secondly, he's not mentioned much these days in the church, and uh, unfortunately there are times when he is mentioned, but it's taken probably way beyond what it should be. Okay, so I hope that this little series will be balanced, informative, practical, because Jesus did send us the Holy Spirit to empower us to live the Christian life, So we're going to talk about being led by the Spirit. What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? It means to have the Holy Spirit residing inside, oh, here it comes, the believer in Jesus Christ. This is not for everybody, but it can be for everybody. It starts with accepting Christ as your Savior. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit indwells the individual. And then he can carry out his ministry to and through you. Think about that. You know, there's a lot of folks that might have a head knowledge of God, but until they have that renewed experience, that born-again experience, they're still void of the Spirit. And void of the Spirit means I will not be led by the Spirit, and I'm not marked out as belonging to God. So once you have the Spirit indwelling you because of faith in Christ— When a person yields the control of his life to the Holy Spirit, this is called being led by the Spirit. You're living a yielded life. Okay, what does it mean to yield? It means to let the other guy go, right? Let the other person have their way. Do that on the exit, right? So when you yield your life to the Spirit, you're letting the Spirit have His way in your life. You're letting Him lead you. Some call this living the Spirit-filled life. That's good, too. However it sounds best to you, it's my intention to reveal to you what it looks like when you are Spirit-led and how to attain that level of living. Oh, it's a high level. It certainly is. It's the greatest level to live at. That's why we need to talk about it. Okay? Now, the filling and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit was an unknown event before the day of Pentecost. Okay, this is what kicked off the church age, but in the Old Testament, it was foreign to them. People were not indwelt with the Spirit, nor were they filled with the Spirit, but they did have what is called an endowment of the Spirit, and that's where the Spirit rested upon them. Today, it comes inside of us, but in those days in the Old Testament, He rested upon them, and the purpose of that was to enable them to carry out a certain work. The craftsmen who worked on the tabernacle in the wilderness were endued with the Holy Spirit. The judges who ruled Israel were endued with the Holy Spirit. But the enduement was temporary and reserved for that particular work. The enduement of the Spirit would end for one of two reasons. Number one, when the work was finished. So if the goldsmith was working on all the gold implements of the tabernacle, and he finished his work, the endowment would be over. The Spirit would leave. But he had the endowment so he could do, oh, wonderful work. Another thing that caused the endowment of the Spirit to cease was sin. Sin. That's when the Spirit's like, okay, I'm out of here. I am not participating in this behavior. And he'd be gone. But when the day of Pentecost came, things changed. Remember that day? The disciples were in the upper room of a house. This was 50 days after Jesus ascended into heaven. And then, like a mighty rushing wind, the Holy Spirit filled the house and rested on each person as a sign that something supernatural was happening. And then they began to speak in other languages. And we noted in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, that's that upper room. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, maybe like a tornado, right? And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit <clears throat> was giving them utterance. That word tongues, Glossalia, it means languages, okay? They were speaking in other known languages. Remember, Jerusalem was filled with people from all different parts of the world. And when the disciples in the upper room were given that gift of speaking in languages, they went down and spoke in all those, all those foreign languages and preached the gospel. And I'm going to tell you what happened at the end. God was going to do something big. Something new. And it was through the indwelling and the filling of the spirit that this was going to be carried out. So they're in the upper room. It looks like these tongues are dancing on their heads. They went down into the city streets and they began to preach the gospel to the multitudes. And they told everybody that Jesus was crucified for their sins and he rose again from the grave. And you know what happened? Three thousand people believed. Wow. In one day, 3,000 people were saved. Think of the joy they must have experienced knowing that the eternal destiny of all those people had been changed for the better and for all of eternity. That's what happens. That's what happens when you accept the fact of who Christ is and what he did. Everything changed, especially your eternal destiny. Now that day, the disciples had made a new discovery. They discovered what Paul later said in Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, the kingdom of God is not in rites and rituals and rules and taboos and do's and don'ts. No, that's not it. The kingdom of God is simply the way things God wants them to be. It's righteousness. What is righteousness? Very simply put, doing what's right. What is peace? Peace is well-being. And joy is the inner happiness that is not based on conditions or circumstances, but is built on knowing God and being filled with the Spirit. And actually, it's only by being filled with the Holy Spirit can the things mentioned above be realized. See, these are the things that God gives us through the Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Let me ask you, do you have them? Oh, not do you have them, and then you lose them because they're conditional. I mean, do they are they able to override even the circumstances you find yourself in? That's when it's from God. So God's kingdom, it's not based on ceremonialism or outward observances not even eating and drinking. It's lived out in the heart first. Therefore, it's an indwelling attitude that works its way to the outside. Oh, that's the kingdom of God. It starts on the inside where the Holy Spirit lives, and it works its way out into your life. It is living the life that He would want each one of us to live. The Spirit-led life can actually lead a person in the way of doing what is right. Doing what is right often results in being at peace, right? Of course. And being at peace with others. And that leads up to the final stage, joy. So I want to talk about some of the effects of being led by the Spirit. Okay? Because he leads us into what? Actions. Oh, yeah. He leads us into doing things. The Holy Spirit came to bring love. And he brought us, oh, a kind of a love that people never knew before. See, love is an interesting element in the human existence. Many people have found themselves either on the giving end of love or the receiving end of love. The fortunate ones have had the experience of both. They've been on the giving and the receiving end. But this is human love. This human type of love is very conditional. It flourishes under the best of circumstances, and it dwindles under the worst of circumstances. Right? You've seen it, haven't you? When things are good, oh, all the world is lovely. And when things are bad, like Lazarus, it stinketh. But that's human love. It is a you-do-for-me-and-I-do-for-you type of love. The golden rule of humanity, do unto others as they do unto you. Some people say, do unto others before they do unto you. (laughs) That's pretty sarcastic. So in many cases, human love is an earned love. It's the reward for a good performance. Now, because this human type of love is conditional, which makes it very limited, it often fails people. And the result is broken friendships, broken marriages, acts of revenge. Oh, it can go on and on. But thankfully, there is a far greater type of love that has now entered humanity. It is the love of God. The Bible tells us the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. The love of God is far different from the love of man It is contrary to the love of man in that it is not conditional. Here it is poured out by God within our own hearts through the agency of the Holy Spirit. So when you walk with the Spirit and you're led by the Spirit, this love, oh, here it comes, will dominate. That's right. God has filled up the believer with his love. And when you know that God has filled you with his love, It confirms your relationship with Him. You find yourself loving people you never loved before. Even loving types of people that you never loved before. Because you've had a heart change. The basis of this love is not that we deserve it, but it is from God's own nature. This is the nature of God, to love unconditionally. Human love is conditional. Divine love, boom, unconditional. Human love is based on circumstances. Divine love is based on God dwelling inside of you through His Spirit. 1 John 4, 8, oh, God is love. Can't beat that. So we see that God loves us not because of us, but because of Him. That's divine love. And that's how we love other people. Not because of them, but because of us. That's how you love the unlovely, not because of them, but because of us, because of you. You see how different this is? Imagine what would happen when you love someone else with this divine love rather than human love. You love that person not because they earned it, but because your heart is filled with love, God's love, divine love. You are spirit-led When you love people with divine love. And it was this divine love that God the Father loved us with, wasn't it? That caused him to send his son to die for us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that what? Whoever. That's the best part. Whoever. Anybody and everybody. Whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. There it is. There's no excuse. Oh, God has done it all. All we have to do is get on board. So we can now move from this kind of love that God has introduced to us, that comes through being filled with the Spirit, and we can understand, wait a minute now, because of my walk with God, this love can become a reality in me. We love because He first loved us. That's the origin of this love. Remember, love is a choice. It cannot be mandated. It cannot be commanded. God chose to love us and then filled us with his own love, but it is still our choice to live in either human love or divine love. When you're led by the Spirit, divine love will always be the choice, but if you're not being led by the Spirit, you're going to choose conditional human love. So it's always a choice. The Holy Spirit also came to provide joy. Like divine love, Spirit-led joy, it's not circumstantial. It's not based on conditions. There is trouble in the world, but it doesn't have to affect my heart. It's like the rain beating on a house. Oh, it's raining outside, but the windows are closed and the doors are closed and the rain cannot get in, and it can't affect what's going on inside. Trouble can actually accompany joy and yet not hinder the joy, because joy is not based on overt experience. It's based on what's going on in the heart. Paul said, You also have become imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much... what." tribulation, with joy of the Holy Spirit. So when Paul wrote a letter to the Thessalonians, these people were in tribulation, but when the Word of God came, it gave them joy. Even though they were still in tribulation, they had joy in the tribulation. Because joy is not based on the outward circumstances, it's based on the inward circumstances where the Holy Spirit dwells. We see here that tribulation (laughs) has met its match. Oh, yeah. And as powerful as tribulation may seem, it is no match for the joy of the Holy Spirit. It's no match that God's joy can remain resident in the soul. In spite of the rain beating against your house, the winds beating against your life, the joy can still remain intact. There's no denying that life can be difficult, but it doesn't have to be impossible. And the trials of life do not have to win. There is a delight, there is a joy that one can have. You know what that joy does? It softens the sharp edges. That's what it does. It actually smashes down those arrows that pierce your heart. They don't stick. When the arrows come into your heart, they don't stick. Joy can repel them. The fiery dots of the evil one, joy can repel them. But where does it come from? Being led by the Holy Spirit. Living in that which God already placed inside of you. Tribulation threatens to grind your wheels to a halt but the oil of gladness will keep everything lubricated and running smoothly. Joy doesn't come from looking outwardly, but from looking inwardly. It's not manufactured by man and man's situations and man's conditions, but it's diffused by the Holy Spirit within you. And like I said, when you allow the Spirit to lead you, the joy is released. Things might not look differently on the outside, and they don't have to, but you've been made different. You have a new perspective, a joyful perspective. The Holy Spirit creates in you a new perspective, a new life, a new thought life. Think about it. It's the thought life that matters. The love and the joy mentioned above, where we talked about having God infuse us with his love. Having God infuse us with his joy. They can be our daily reality. This is not fantasy. This is not some type of dream. It's a reality that you can live in. Like any pursuit, it begins with the thought life, right? Whatever you go after, you have to think about it first. And when your thinking changes, your life changes. You know what Paul said? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Your mind is renewed by fresh thinking. Notice what happens to the spirit-led believer, 1 Corinthians 2. He who is spiritual judges all things, but he himself is not a judged a judge by anyone. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Imagine that. You've got the mind of Christ inside of you. Why? Because the day you believed, that Spirit came in, and that Spirit is divine, and that Spirit has Christ's mind. So this is our introduction to help us understand what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, a new thought life. Think about those three things that can immediately improve in your life when you understand what it means to be filled with the Spirit, and dwelt with the spirit led by the spirit you can let your emotions lead you well that gets you that'll get you in trouble but if you let god's holy divine spirit lead you that you receive at the moment of salvation it'll always lead you down the right path so let's summarize what we have today i know i went kind of quickly but i want to summarize so at least you can have something to say okay now i can work with this Number one, the Holy Spirit arrived on the earth on the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus ascended into heaven. Okay, remember when Jesus said, wait for the promise, and I will send them to you. Well, the promise was the Holy Spirit, and he came, and he filled all the believers. Secondly, he filled them with the evidence of speaking in foreign languages. That's how they knew something happened. They knew, hey, something's different. We can speak in languages we never knew before. And they went down into Jerusalem, downtown. And they started preaching in languages that they never spoke before. And there were people from all different nations there, and they all heard the gospel in their own tongue. And 3,000 people responded. That's incredible. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit is here to bring you the believer. God's love and to help you not only to receive God's love, but to give it to others. See, you always, we are, you always want to be on the receiving and the giving of love. Okay. You want the fullness of love. The fullness of love is to receive it and to give it. You received it unconditionally and you give it the same way unconditionally. You love people because of you, not because of them. doesn't matter if they took your parking space. It doesn't matter. When the Spirit's working in your life, your love is greater than that. Fourthly, He came to bring you joy. Wait a minute. Not any joy. God's joy. God's joy is not based on circumstances. It's not based on conditions. It's based on the heart. Oh, and by the way... The more of God's Word is in your heart, the more you'll have to provide joy for your mind. So you see, the Word of God is important. That's why we need to learn the Bible. Get to church. Get to church and learn. Don't be an old Mother Hubbard Christian. When she got there, the cupboard was bare. Why? She didn't put anything in it. you got to put the Word of God in your heart. And then when you, now there's something to draw from. Now, now you're talking, now you, can, you have resources to think with, okay? Fifthly, the Holy Spirit came to create in you a new thought process to give you the mind of Christ, which changes everything. Oh, it's a whole new perspective. You look at life a totally different way than you used to. You look at people a totally different way. Oh, you look at yourself. A totally different way. It's, it's a major improvement. What do they call that? An extreme makeover? <laughs> it's an extreme makeover. When you're led by the spirit. New thoughts make for a new life. You want a new life? Think new thoughts. You want a better life? Think better thoughts. You want a, you want a life that's filled with love? Then think thoughts of love. Whatever we are what we think we certainly are we not we are what we eat we are what, we are what we think so depending upon the thoughts we think that will kind of shape who we are so that's important matter of fact this is going to lead us into our next session the holy spirit and the heart the heart is where we live and what relationship does the holy spirit have with the heart. Oh, we're going to see how important that is. We're going to see how they work together. They can't separate them. They do work together in a beautiful way. Hope you can join me next time, because it's really going to be an eye-opener. You know, for some of you, this might be basic. For others, it might be brand new. But it never gets old. No. The Word of God never gets old. And you want to know these things backwards and forwards, inside and out. Because you never want to fall into doubt. That's why we want to know them through and through. Because doubt can really knock us off track. That's no good. Have you joined the Hope Club? Get a devotional in your email box Monday through Friday. Go to newhoperadio.live. It's that simple. Click the menu bar. Read all about it. If you can give us $3 a week, we'll send you emails every day. Get your started off on the right foot with God. Because we're talking about being led by the Spirit. And He leads us, here it comes, through the Word of God that's hidden away in our heart. Thanks for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.